Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not A Game podcast, episode 84. Today, I'm joined by, as ever, my regular co-host, Tom Hatfield. Hiya. And our special guest today is video gamers, Alice Bell. Hello. <laughs> Dramatic pause. <laughs> I deserve one. <laughs> you should have got a drum roll, really. <laughs> Alice, um, what have you been up to this week? What have I been up to this week, Jordan? Um, I was uh, very lucky to be at the uh, Guardian Live uh, Games uh, event, which you yourself hosted. Uh, That's right. Yes, I did host it. <laughs> I wonder what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> I think it went really well, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it was great. It was yeah. good fun. Maybe explain for the poor listeners who couldn't make it what the event was like. Uh, so it was uh, myself and uh, Keith, who is the uh, Guardian Games editor, Keith Stewart, mm-hmm. uh, and George Buckingham and oh gosh um i knew i'd forget her name Meg, Meg <laughs> Meg, um who uh george and meg are both uh games developers independent games developers themselves and we had a nice chat uh about uh events in the gaming news uh and firewatch as well the fabulous mm-hmm. game firewatch uh and then had a little q a it was lovely do you know what i found out afterwards mm uh, I think you might have met him as well. Ollie Moss, who worked on Firewatch, was in the audience for the event. Yeah, he came up and said, thanks for saying nice things about Firewatch. I'm I was like, glad I didn't know he was there before. Yeah. <laughs> that might have, made it, might have made it feel a bit different, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's always weird. I don't know if you guys find this, but sometimes when I remember that actual real-life people make the things that I write <laughs> I about... <know>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel a bit weird about it. Mm. Yeah, it's felt like I I reviewed um, uh, The Walking Dead Michonne today. Though the mm. review went up, and I didn't really like it, and I I gave it like a five, I think. And then I thought like, oh, <laughs> what what if they read it and they're sad? <laughs> I used to be really frantic about it. Like whenever I'd be going to a gaming event, I'd be like, okay, Ed Key's gonna be here. I've got to play Proteus on the train before I get there. <laughs> <laughs> now I just don't give a shit. <laughs> that um actually leads me nicely into the question I was going to ask to start the cast, which Ooh. is that so I was on the train um on Sunday and the trains were terrible, I guess, because it was a Sunday. There were replacement buses and all this kind of rubbish stuff. Normally, the trains from us uh, in Leamington to London are really good. They're Chilton Railways. They have, you know, loads of carriages. Everyone gets a table and a socket and Wi-Fi. But on this particular Sunday, we had the kind of shitty chilton trains that don't have sockets uh i don't know if there was wi-fi there was only two carriages um and i was in the quiet coach but nobody was being quiet because there were only two carriages so it was half of the entire train was in there yeah yeah. Uh, but i wanted to read um so i put my headphones in and thought i'll just listen to some music but obviously i couldn't listen to any music that had words in it because it would have distracted from the reading so i listened Mm. to the proteus music Mm. um that was my really, really long way of getting to the point <laughs> that made me think of it. Um, but I was going to ask you guys what game music you would listen to in the same situation to kind of drown out passengers, but not distract from what you were from what else you were trying to do. Uh, it's, it's a cop out answer, but I can't listen to music at all if I if I am trying to do something else. Um, but the 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 game soundtrack that I enjoy the most is um, uh, Fallout three and fallout four have mm. that really great like uh kind of big band swing kind of um 
like retro sort of rat pack uh radio and i love that i was well into that kind of stuff when i was um a teenager so i would listen to that but also not get any work done <laughs> fair enough how about you tom Mm, yeah, um, I don't listen to a lot of music, really, so that's going to be a tricky one for me, but um, I feel like, you're right, I'd probably go for something instrumental, maybe something like the Mass Effect soundtrack. Ooh, um, I love the Mass Effect yeah. soundtracks. It would be particularly good if it happened to be, you know, go taking a train through somewhere very, like, dystopic and <laughs> futuristic. <laughs> <laughs> if it was just the countryside, it wouldn't work as well. That would have been really good for me, actually, because I was reading um, Green, no, not Green Mars, yeah, Green Mars. Um, by Kim Stanley Robinson, uh, so it was set, you know, set on Mars. The Mass Effect soundtrack would have been pretty good actually, but I didn't have it on my phone. I think Proteus was good because um, sometimes it doesn't quite sound like music; it's just kind of like noise, you know. Mm. But like nicer noise than drunk people <laughs> on a train. There was, uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. I think it might have been a Game City thing when, um, um someone was doing a uh, like uh, spoken word thing and they just put Proteus on in the back. They didn't even like play the soundtrack from it, they just had Proteus and had someone wandering around in it as the sort of procedurally generated music from it happened. Uh, just oh, background to it. That's pretty cool. Mm. It wasn't Hannah Nicklin, was it? It might have been Hannah. I can't remember. <laughs> I've seen there's, there's a, a surprising amount of spoken word game stuff that goes on at Game City. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen Hannah do one. I've seen uh, Christos do one. I've seen Kara do one. And I can't remember which was which one it was. There. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> Don't want to give undue credit. <laughs> um, cool. So, Alice, you yes. have been playing probably more games than Tom and I have been playing because it's part of your job. Um, yeah, well, can you talk about Michon? Is the when I can talk about Michon? Yeah, um, I was playing today um, as well, which I, I can't talk about, so I don't know why I'm mentioning it. But I was playing the Fire, um, the, is it the Flame of the Flood? In fact, um, mm. which is a, a kind of indie survival game, um, kind of like Don't Starve, but um, sort of a bit more detailed. Um, so. That is something that people might wish to enjoy. I can't. I'm not allowed <laughs> to like review it. <laughs> okay, no, that's fair. Um, I really like Don't Starve, so I'll, I'll definitely yeah, check it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, play The Walking Dead, Michonne, which is like, sh- like it's a shame that it has. It is what it is because um, Michonne, the main character, is she's like she's a favorite character for a lot of people from the comics mm. and um, and the TV show as well because she's like this badass like african-american um kick-ass kind of warrior chick with like a like a, she's got like a samurai sword like a katana and um <laughs> and in the game she's got a machete and stuff and she just like she kicks all the ass in front of her um i would say i i remember because i read some of the comments back when i was yeah. in university and uh it was like um it's back before the tv series or the games existed because i was yeah um <laughs> But it's it's actually it was a really cool moment when she first showed up because until then it had been fairly like mundane. About yeah. Everything. Everyone was just like there weren't any like larger than life characters. Everyone was just like a regular yeah. suburbanite who'd been through a zombie apocalypse for several months. Yeah. And then this um, woman with a katana and two like um, d uh, zombies who'd had their like their limbs and their uh, arms and uh, teeth cut uh, and teeth cut out like. Yeah. On, on chains behind her like there were pets it was just yeah, this yeah. sort of whoa this has all got kicked up a notch yeah and one of those is her boyfriend as well <laughs> but yeah. she's just like well better make the best of a bad situation then. 
Um, but and she's awesome, and she I think she's uh, she's done she's been done really well in the game as a character. Like she's really cool, and there are a lot of kind of because she's dealing with like a, a lot of sort of past trauma and stuff. And there are like there are different kind of realistic ways, like yeah, like different ways you can take her through that from like the dialogue options and stuff. And then there are a bunch of other like really cool female characters in it as well that are really sort of strong in different ways and like interesting in different ways and and like, have a nice sort of complexity to them, but. They're, they're set in just such a generic, like, just done zombie story. That you, like, if you played the other two seasons of Walking Dead, then there will be no surprises for you at all. It's just like, you know exactly what's coming. It has all the same story beats. It's like, oh, it's like, our little group of survivors, there are two people with differing opinions in it, and then you have to, you know, and then, like, oh, we'll need another group of survivors, One, you know, their intentions are unclear, or let's, you know, it's just all exactly the same as the other games. And then every so often, like, zombies will turn up and you have to stab them. <laughs> is it just one episode? It's a, at the moment, there's the first episode, is the only one out, but it's a, it's not a full series, it's a mini-series. Um Okay. It will be three episodes, and I think you know Michonne deserved more. <laughs> well, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, I haven't been keeping up with The Walking Dead, but it kind of feels like they've struggled to recapture the magic of the first one ever since. Mm. Well, I, like I read um, an article that said, like, like The Walking Dead is the program that all the fans who watch it just hate it and they complain about it every week, <laughs> but they still watch it. Mm. Yeah, it, it, um, it, it's. Because um, uh, like I said, I read the comments way back when, and they, there was some stuff in there where the uh, writer Robert Coburn would talk about some of his intentions, which was to essentially have a zombie movie that kept on going mm. infinitely, um, because he always felt they always kind of cut out a bit too soon and resolve things a bit too pat. Uh, <laughs> and it's interesting, and it, and it keeps go, it keeps being viable much longer than it, you'd think it would. But yeah, um, I think pretty much all forms of it have have just eventually just lost interest. I've just lost interest in like, uh, I yeah. Eventually, I stopped with the comics. Um, mm. Most people seem to be quite fed up with the series by now. <laughs> mm. Do you think we'll see an end to the popularity of zombie fiction then? I At think least we temporarily. Must, yeah, we must. It's going to reach a saturation point pretty soon. Oh, I would have thought. Nice. It's, it's, yeah, I know, right? It's just because it's just this set. Like no one's doing anything new. It's always like, yeah, okay. So there's at least one kind of vulnerable teenager there's at least one shouty militaristic douchebag who'll get us all killed there's at least you know one pregnant woman every time it's just always the same i mean it kind of like ebbed and flowed as well like the the original like george romero boom died down and then we're we're in the second one yeah Um, yeah i mean yeah it's uh it's interesting um there's a lot of people talking about how it kind of maps with society mostly because of dawn of the dead's Mm. zombies as consumerist thing which I don't think really necessarily holds true of the current stuff but (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it seems to be kind of less about the zombies now doesn't it and more about the hey guess what if the world is fucked people are still dicks to each other yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) Um, but that's another thing I guess that swings around so you know everyone in the Mm. world is in a nicer place with a slightly nicer fiction (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's something to look forward to (laughs) yeah um so we'll get to what you and I have been playing, Tom, in a bit, but I, I feel like we should make the most of Alice while we've got her because she probably plays a lot more <laughs> games than we do. Uh, I know you've been playing uh, The Division. I yes, I played that um, over the weekend in the, mm. the open um, beta. Um, 
which was fun. Um, it's like some of the issues that I saw when I uh, played the preview build have been kind of improved. I don't know if they've been completely fixed, but there was definitely like there's a lot less kind of pop in textures and, and just how like the game seemed less buggy, um, which is good for a new soft game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there are, like there are still issues with um just like the, the combat being for me it wasn't that satisfying. Um but it was definitely like a lot of fun playing with uh a friend. So I played with Chris Light, um who is a fellow games journalist. Um Oh yeah, I think mostly does a, yeah, he does video and stuff mostly, but um he yeah it was just like it was good fun playing with someone and like just tooling around new york together and stuff so it, yeah I, I think i'm probably gonna get it <laughs> um despite oh, yeah like because i wasn't like it's a tom clancy game i don't really like tom clancy games but it's not really it's it says it's a tom clancy game but it's also not so <laughs> yeah so much it's 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 become such a really ridiculously diluted brand right now so yeah yeah <laughs> Um, and this is very, it's, it, it feels like they were making like a shooter and then Destiny came out because they announced it year, like literally years and years ago. And I think they, they were working on it and then Destiny came out and they were like, shit. Um, yeah, it was like, um, it was like a bit like Watch Dogs and they had like a big wow E3 trailer and they yeah, didn't yeah. hear about it for two years. Yeah. So I think in that intervening time, they were like, let's copy that model and, uh, <laughs> And it does have a lot of the kind of the destiny sort of feel to it. But um, I, yeah, I'm going to get it and get a little posse together, I think. <laughs> Alice, do you play Destiny? Yes, I have Destiny. I don't play it that oh, much, okay. do Yeah, I do. Yeah. I like it because um, I can give my avatar a massive asymmetrical mohawk in it. So <laughs> it's my main concern. <laughs> the list of games that that lets you make a character that looks like you is pretty small at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. It's that, well, I mean, the Destiny one is better than mine, so I have hair envy from it. But... <laughs> Something to aim for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's where I'm going for now. Um, yeah. One of the criticisms that I've heard of The Division is that they, the way they um, signify who's an enemy, as in who's someone you should kill because they're just bad, mm. is pretty dodgy. Like, do they, they wear hoodies? Um, there are like different factions, mm. but like, so, but it is weird. Like, the ones that I have encountered are all basically blue collar people, like just working class people. Um, mm. So there is that. Truly, the greatest enemy of all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so there is that kind of aspect. But yeah, like the gen general looters wear like um, hoodies and like have um, like uh, handkerchiefs over their face and stuff like that. Uh, and then there's a, a faction um, called, I think they're called the Cleaners, um, who are like, yeah, like the blue collar workers who are uh, uh, tooled up with like flamethrowers who, who have decided to clean everything. So they, they <laughs> yeah, so they ride about in like, with like garbage trucks and stuff. I think if I remember. I love, but that, um, that sounds like that would be me. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is such a mess. <laughs> We've got to tidy this up. Yeah, they're just they're just burning everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like oh, because it seems like quite like an over the top Mad Max dystopian future. Thing. Yes, it is. in a there fairly is. mundane and realistically presented dystopia. I think that's that's a lot of the re- like that's part of the problem with the combat as well because it's a very realistic like setting, and then the enemies in it um, 
and like yeah they're quite sort of yeah over the top and um like in the combat they they soak up hundreds and hundreds of bullets without taking that much damage especially the higher level ones so it just feels a bit odd because new york in the game is lovely i say lovely it looks good do you think that the division is going to suffer from not being able to do the things that destiny does like if it's trying to be destiny but it's not in a fantasy setting so it can't have aliens it can't have guns that are you know futuristic and weird okay i i think it might a bit and i think as well it's going to suffer because it's only just in my opinion, they've only just kind of started really embracing that it does have those big RPG aspects that it does. Because mm. up until now, um, it did just kind of feel like they were marketing it as a shooter, like a, like you'd expect mm. uh, from a Tom Clancy game. Uh, and yeah, it's only the past few sort of trailers and with the open beta and stuff that it's really become like they've they've started saying, yeah, it's, it's an open world RPG. Um, so I think that they, it might suffer because of that lack of clarity, because um, people will either not get it um, because it's not what they're expecting, or they will not enjoy it and not keep playing it. It's an interesting one because uh, I've been playing uh, Rainbow Six Siege recently, which is also has that kind of near future setting, but they can do a surprising amount in terms of gadgets that feel feasible, even though they're probably ludicrous. Because I know we've hit this point with these near future, with these supposedly near future um, shooter things, where fairly ridiculous stuff is possible. Yeah, like true. Rainbow Six Siege opens with everyone running around in tiny drones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. There is stuff like like um, like that. Like there's there's it's a mostly drone based. Drones are very in in video games. Yeah, there's a little like one of my favorite um, skills that you have in. Um, uh, the division is you can have like a little uh, mine, but it's like a little round remote mine. And it rolls around on its own and follows you for a bit until you find an enemy. It's like a little BB-8, but like <laughs> a BB-8. <laughs> Good. Oh no! Yeah. How long before we have BB-8s in every video game? <laughs> I welcome BB-8. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, anything else on the division, or do you want to tell us about something else you've been playing? Uh, that's kind of all I can say about the division right now. I am gonna definitely get stuck into it. Uh, what else I've been playing? I'm still I'm playing a lot of Bloodborne at the moment because um I've got to do guide work for Dark Souls three when it comes out, which is um a daunting prospect. Gosh, that's quite a task. Yes. Um. So I'm sort of in training with Bloodborne, and I've been, I've been like I sort of every so often I'll tweet out the progress I'm making, and it's really surprised me how much of a kind of social experience it's been. Because mm. people will get involved and either like will give you very conflicting advice or will kind of share in victories with you and be like, yeah, well done, like that's really awesome, well done. like I'm proud of you and um, stuff like that. Or they'll they'll be like, ah, it's gonna get so much harder. Do you know if you'll be expected to write this guide before the game comes out? No. Okay, that's good. So you'll still be able to have that social experience then. Yeah, yeah, it'll be an it'll be an ongoing process. Yeah, I know some people who played. Dark Souls before it was released and it was a hellish time. Um, I've, I think I've linked. To the, I've talked about this many times on the podcast before, but I'll put a link to the uh, amazing email chain that was uh, shared between journalists uh, reviewing uh, Dark Souls before it came out. Because <laughs> they just all talked to each other on email because there was no one else to talk to. Yeah, I stay <laughs> well was... away from difficult games. <laughs> that um, that was a similar thing was happening when The Witness came out. 
because they were like, obviously the only people that had done the puzzles were other journalists who'd been playing and reviewing the game. So, um, there's like, a real fear when you come across a high game that's like, can I actually play enough of this yeah. to review it? <laughs> oh, The Witness was great though, because I was one of the few who yeah. knew how to do all the puzzles by the time everyone else got the game. It made me feel pretty good about myself. Yeah, yeah. So you, like, there were a few days where you just see like games journalists on Twitter being like, anyone else playing The Witness? <laughs> And everyone was asking, I think, like Matt Pellet from um, Official PlayStation Magazine, because he f- he had raced through it in like <laughs> like some ridiculous like four hours or something. <laughs> I don't think that's. <laughs> I mean, maybe it is possible. I think it took me like forty though. So. Oh, I don't know. It was, it was a ludicrously <laughs> low amount mm-hmm. or number of time, uh, hours. So um, he'd done like all of it, and everyone was emailing him asking <laughs> how to do it. <laughs> Just sharing pictures of each other, saying, "What do you do with this one?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I loved, I loved though, playing The Witness with other people. Like, um, I spoke to Jonathan Blow about this in, a, in the interview that I did with him for The Guardian, and yeah. he was talking about the difference between, you know, uh, he's saying uh, looking up solutions on a forum or whatever is is bad. Watching a let's play is worse. But playing it with someone in the same room is actually quite a good way to play The Witness mm. because you're kind of looking at it together, um, and having that kind of joint consciousness. Uh, mm that comes when you when you solve a puzzle with a friend and that, that I, I actually found that a really good way to play it yeah um people asking for help on twitter though is a bit i don't know i was trying to help someone through one the other day and i was doing like uh, baby steps like you know you know what this does right okay yeah okay now do you know yeah. that means that this needs to happen right like trying to guide them through it without spoiling yeah. the whole thing at once uh, I've, I've seen people take some interesting strategies for that like having um, one particular buddy who they know has finished the game who they can go to and ask specific things without them spoiling the rest of it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a good one. Um, I've seen that happen a couple of times. It was really interesting seeing the different ways people were getting through the puzzles as well. Like, loads of people were like showing like pictures they had of their notebooks where they just draw lines and shapes <laughs> and stuff, and other people just had the right sort of brain mm-hmm. that it just made sense for them to look at. Um, oh, man. I wish I was that person. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. pages and pages of notebook. And then a lot of people were like take, uh, taking print screens and putting them in Photoshop to work it out. Um, <laughs> there was one I was listening to Crate and Crowbar a while back, and a reader had um, uh, written in saying that they use Lego uh, to oh. solve some of the puzzles. <laughs> oh, I wish I did. I wish I'd had that idea. That sounds That's... like a fun way to play the witness. Yeah. Real life, the witness. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tom, what have you been playing? Um, so uh, I'm. It's funny you, you talked about uh, us not playing that many video games lately because I'm going to talk about a non-video game. Uh, <gasps> that links into the question, the only question we've had from a from a listener <laughs> Twitter because I forgot yet again to ask for questions, which is if it's not a games podcast, what kind of podcast is it? <laughs> well, it's still a game, but a non-video game. Uh, okay. Lately, um, I, along with seemingly uh, most other game journalists in my area, started getting really into um, the X-wing miniatures game. <gasps> Oh, you must have a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Not that much. Still, more than I have. Um, Yeah, so uh, I started getting into that recently. To be fair, I I played other miniature games when I was younger, and it's a lot less expensive than those. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah, well, it's like the individual miniatures are quite expensive, but you only need like three or four to have like a. Uh, to have like a squadron that you can fly in pretty much anything, as opposed to 
you know, spending a ton of money on like Warhammer or something, and then spending hours assembling it all. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, it's been a lot of fun. I've uh, really enjoyed it. It's uh, um, the way it works. Is basically, it is a miniature game based on Star Wars with um, three factions: rebels, um, empire, and scum and villainy, who are kind of bounty hunters and people like that. And you have uh, battles on there, and it's all a nice combination of like. It's very dogfighty, is what it feels like. It's all quite low scale. You don't, you're not going to be flying Star Destroyers. It's going to be like X-Wings and TIE Fighters. And there's a real feeling of... There's a real dogfighting feel to it, mostly because you can't not move. Like, uh, everything is constantly in motion. The, like, especially some of the Imperial ships that are built to be very fast can't even move very slowly. That's strange because, like... I mean, I guess with, like airplanes that have to move through air you have to keep them going otherwise they fall out of the sky mm. but something flying through space surely yeah. i mean you can just stop yeah. it and it will just stay where it is no that's a fair point and i think the answer to that is basically they've done because star wars was er, the um a lot of the combat and that was originally based on like world war ii dogfighting mm. mm. they've basically done is they've looked to the inspiration of star wars rather than in looking to star wars itself because you're right. Actually, in actual space combat, plays nothing like a Star Wars, nothing like you see on screen in Star Wars. But they've decided to play to the fiction rather than to reality. You say actual space combat. <laughs> when was the last combat time we had would actual be, space combat? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Star Wars is a long time ago. Yeah, the galaxy far away. A very, a very long time ago. Uh, it does have BB-8 in it, actually. So there you go. Just oh, tie wow. into what you're saying here. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I've been having a lot of fun with that. Um, a few of us, um, so uh, Chris Thurston got who got me into it had uh, written a big thing about it for about uh, it for shut and sit down. Um, he has spent a lot, spent a lot of money on it. Uh, <laughs> hmm. um, what did he spent on Dota? Uh, probably not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, well, definitely not actually, because I know he's. He spent a lot of money on Dota, but he's also earned a lot of money from selling rare, rare items. So. Wow. Um, he, yeah, if you go to the international, it turns out you get like very expensive Dota items <laughs> that can fund your Steam buying for quite some time. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've got, um, I'm trying to think how much I've actually spent on it now. Um, probably about 40 or 50 quid over the course of three months. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. That's like um, a regular video game. <laughs> I've got a handful of ships at the moment. I'll probably pick up a few more, but I, I don't. Unless you're getting really into a tournament scene where you at, um, uh, because one of the things about it is that, as well as all the figures, you, uh, it's um, there's a whole bunch of cards that come with them that will have like names of pilots and upgrades you can put on them. It's done by Fantasy Flight, who do Netrunner and stuff like that. So there's, um, so there's a very similar kind of feel to it in that sense. Mm. Um, so if I wanted like, um, so uh, yeah, so if I wanted like all the cards so I could have a perfectly like tournament eligible thing, I would probably cost me a lot of money. But I mostly pay with my friends, so we're quite happy to. So long as we've got the actual miniature, we're quite happy to fudge the rest of it. Um, so that works out fine. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's it's really good. It picks up and play really easily. Um, everything feels very different. Um, I like to play as the rebels because I like playing good guys in games. I'm Incredibly uncool like that. Uh, Don't we all? <laughs> well, actually, all all my friends are playing. Most of my friends are playing as the Empire. 
uh, space fascists <laughs> that they are. Um, partly because they, they they play very differently. The, re- the rebels are a bit more sort of tough and resilient, and the empire are incredibly fast and agile. Um, oh. uh, because it's built on the Tie Fighter kind of scale, obviously, oh, it'd be I a see, bit yeah. more different if there were actual Star Destroyers on there. Um, so yeah, uh, and yeah, it's, it's just um, it, it's just really well tuned and. It's got a very strong, like, it's been very well balanced to, like, about the level where one X-Wing is equal to about two, two TIE Fighters, and then everything else has been slowly bolted on top of that. Um, and it's... Every game I've had about it, I've had of it has been really tense. Like, most of them, they end with, like, one of us, uh, with um, whoever's one only has, like, two hit points left on one of their ships. Uh, it's just really finely balanced to that point. And that's obviously me playing with people who started around the same time I did. If I played Chris, he would probably crush me. Um, but yeah, uh, I've really enjoyed it. Um, and How I, regularly do you play? Um, so at the moment, I've had uh, I've only had a handful of games so far. So like um, every couple of weeks or so, because I have friends nearby who play, them, who play it, so I just go into bath and meet up with uh, them. Uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, really interesting. Uh, if you would like to try it out, I've uh, there was just a thing that went up that if you go, to, if you happen to be going to PC Gamers thing in London in, uh, on uh, the March fifth and sixth, which I might oh, be March. going to, I haven't decided. Um, they will be playing it there. The PC Gamer Weekender. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They're uh, yeah, they're gonna have it there despite it not being a PC game, and hope no one notices. <laughs> that that looks like... quite interesting. Is it like quite a big, like, do you sort of clear the decks for the evening kind of thing? Can it go on quite a while and get quite involved, or is it? Um, that's a good point. I think um, you can kind of call time on it at a certain point anyway and just yeah. decide who's won by who has the most ships left. I think most games will take like one and a half to two hours. Um, so if you play a couple of games, that's like a whole evening. Okay, that's not too bad. Yeah. I said there were a couple of hours. It's not very long for a game. What are you talking? About? <laughs> Says because Alice plays Dungeons and Dragons is why she's uh, saying that. Yeah, <laughs> which notoriously takes days. Yeah, no, yeah. I've had similar problems beforehand where it's like, uh, uh, and they're not very. They're not most of the old D and D games as well aren't terribly well balanced for if you want to play shorter. Yeah, um, people are building like people are build their own kind of little sort of short inserts you can put into a story and sort of, you know, do a sort of backdoor pilot into it. And mm-hmm. they'll only take like, ooh, two hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, I, I, like when, when I play with my group, it'll, it can, it's, it's shorter now actually, but um, it can take like four hours, five hours, depending. So. Yikes. I yeah. think like the big tournament games that um, Chris has been involved in, like put a cap of one and a half hours. And at that point, um, you top whoever's got the most points left as one. Oh, okay. Um, that so sounds like a good a, idea. Yeah. So you can essentially put a clock on it, like you, like speed chess or whatever. Mm. Um, so does it motivate people to... to... Yeah, like different tactics, I was going to say. If you've got like a, a time limit. I think so, yeah, actually, because uh, if... Uh, uh, I'll, and I'll post a link to Chris's thing in the show notes. On when he talks about how he basically... At the very uh, at the very start of it, made some catastrophic mistakes and lost half his force, and basically had his one remaining ship, and then spent the next hour running away <laughs> uh, to essentially guard his like because because um, he was in a tournament and because the number of points he won or lost by would matter. Um, obviously, if you're just playing a friendly game, that doesn't really matter. And I would, mm. at that point, I would probably just I would probably just either call it or you know 
do some death or glory. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just so, yeah, just so we can have another one afterwards. But, um, yeah, in that case, he specifically, like, spends a, a while running away to protect his, like, um, to protect his remaining points. Um, which is, yeah, a shame. It's not something I'd ever want to get into, but then I'm not a hugely competitive person like Christmas. <laughs> Uh, I'm more the kind of guy who just uh, occasionally does silly things uh, and says, oh, well, we're about to t- it's about time to finish, so let's have all my units do a loop-de-loop. Uh- <laughs> I feel like being competitive must be a downside when you're playing a game that takes so long, because mm. at the end of it, if you lose, you'll feel like you've wasted your time. Yeah, but then again, I, I, think, I think getting to that kind of level of competitiveness, it must be something that lets you be more comfortable with losses because mm. he plays Dota as well, which can go on for a long time. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was going to say, um, there's, there's just some re- really cool stuff about it. One of the things I, I like about it is it kind of has these nice little um, uh, callbacks and, and um, uh, net references to Star Wars within it in the way that they kind of give people character. A ton of the people in there are from like expanded universe stuff I have never read. Um, <laughs> I've just talked about playing a miniatures game, so it's, I'm not trying to play down my nerddom here. I'm already maxed out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, but then there's um, a bunch of stuff like uh, I'm trying to remember some of it. Uh, Biggs, who is the guy in the first Star Wars who gets uh, shot by Darth Vader when Luke's trying uh, when he's supposed to be protecting Luke at the end. Yeah. Uh, and his special ability is that if there are other ships, if um, you're trying to shoot another ship near to near to him. You have to shoot Biggs instead. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Biggs. Yeah, uh, and other stuff like that. So uh, people will have even people who appear for like five minutes in the movies or turn up in uh, um, or turn up in novels or whatever. I have some nice things themed on what they do. Um, there's a card for C3PO, which uh, can be uh, usually very good on the Millennium Falcon and involves like guessing uh, what your odds of doing something are. Um, because of the whole bit where um, C-3PO starts reciting the odds of uh, getting through an asteroid belt to Han Solo tells him ne- never tell me the odds. Uh, <laughs> and just, ni- yeah, and just uh, nice things like that. Some of which I get, probably more of which other people who are nerdier than me get. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Do you think it would be fun for someone who hadn't watched Star Wars just as a game on its own? I think so, yeah. I think it's just a solid game. Um, and one of my friends who got into it with me, Matt, hadn't watched Star Wars. In fact, he he watched the original Star Wars trilogy like last weekend after having gotten into the X-Wing Miniatures game. So oh, that's cool. He didn't know that much at all. Um, I think he oh, watched gosh. the first one way back when. What did he think of the original trilogy this long after it came out? Because I didn't really like it that much. Which version did did he watch? As he watched well? the special editions, unfortunately. Oh, because that's very important, Jordan. Which which edition you watched? <laughs> Thanks, Alice. <laughs> He's, yeah, I, and uh, he kind of, and uh, I haven't watched those for a long time, so I, I didn't realise. But even like with the first, those being the first ones he saw, he felt, he felt like a lot of the additions stuck out like a sore thumb. Mm. Um, he, I think his response was that he quite enjoyed the first one. He thought, uh, he thought um, Empire Strikes Back like was probably the best, but also nothing much happened. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Return of Jedi kind of went a bit downhill. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. I just remember we um, someone, a friend of mine, was rewatching them before we went to see the new one, mm-hmm. and I just remember thinking like, this is so slow. Like, <laughs> uh, 
um, Han and Leah, I think, oh no, Luke and Leah were having some conversation and it was just going on and on and on. And I guess mm. people our age aren't used to that happening in movies because, you know, millennials have no attention span or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so there's got to be an explosion every seven minutes. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. Like, um, I, I see films I've watched a lot of older stuff and there definitely, I think, was a move around the uh, 90s to just cutting things tighter and being snappier. Kind mm. of around the time like Tarantino took off, I think. Um, but yeah, there's, um, I mean, Star, Star Wars probably was quite snappy for its time. I've seen other stuff from the seventies that is just so glacially slow. Good, but glacially slow. Mm. Uh, if you've ever watched, this is something completely different from Star Wars, but the original, uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy BBC series, which is very good, but it's just like molasses. The entire second episode <laughs> is one flashback. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Yeah, I've only seen the new movie of that. Mm. Um, speaking of glacially slow, though, mm. I've been like... playing. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well done, well done. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I've been playing Stardew Valley. I don't know how you mm. Stardew. You know the stuff that you find on the grass in the morning. Yeah, do I yeah. think? Yeah, yeah. Do Stardew Valley, which is um, you're probably not sponsored by Magic. <laughs> yes, so it's um, it's an <laughs> energy drink based game. Um, <laughs> No, it's not at all. It's it's probably the opposite. Um, it's uh, you're probably not supposed to describe it as such, but it is. It's it's Harvest Moon Plus. Um, mm. It's been in development for years and years and years. I think by just one guy, um, uh, Eric Barron, uh, otherwise known as Concerned Ape, um, which is a great <laughs> <laughs> a great name for a developer. Um, I found out about it through Chucklefish. I don't know if they're uh, publishing it or, or anything. Um, Chucklefish, who are making Starbound, um, mm. which is in early access at the moment, I think. Um, but basically, Stardew Valley is um, you, your granddad is on his deathbed and he gives you an envelope in uh, and tells you not to open it until uh, you get kind of fed up with life, um, <laughs> which is oh, kind God. of odd. <laughs> the speaking um, of video game, you pause, you open it immediately. Yeah. Yeah. no you're not allowed to you don't dictate when you oh, i mean right. i would i would open it the minute that sucker yeah. was dead I mean, press every yeah. button. But, uh, your your character um so you there's extensive customization um if i mean for a it's very it's a very pixelated kind of top-down game mm. but um after you've customized your character you're in an office job um typical dead-end office job and you get fed up and you open your office desk drawer and you pull out this envelope and turns out you've got the deed to a farm um in Star oh, amazing. <laughs> so you go and um you, you rock up at this farm and because presumably because you've left it so long to open this envelope the place is an utter state it's covered in you know overgrown grass and rocks and um, yeah it was really nice when they first gave it to you <laughs> <laughs> Right, yeah, this pristine farm that this guy tended for his whole life, and then you leave it years before you get fed up of your office job. Um, but yeah, you um, I haven't done much because um, it is it is just really slow in a in a nice way though. Um, I think I played I've only played one Harvest Moon game I think, and it was the Wii one, uh, and I played that when I was about sixteen, so roughly the last time in my life that I had lots of spare time, mm. um, and it. It makes me wish that I still had lots of spare time because I've played quite a few hours and not really achieved anything. Um, but there's like a whole, there's a whole town, um, of people. They've all got their own like personalities and you can, uh, partner with them, of course. In fact, the, uh. second, 
the second thing on the feature list is that you can marry a partner to share your life on the farm with. <laughs> Oh, um, that's amazing. They know their audience. <laughs> I don't know yet if you can have kids like you can in Harvest Moon, but I will report back if that ever happens. Um, but so far, all I've done is planted some parsnips, I think, and um, they still haven't grown. Um, so I've spoken to a few people. I've, you know, gone into the general store to upgrade my backpack and realized that I don't have enough money to upgrade my backpack because I need to grow some things and then sell them. Oh, wow. Um, I'm kind of stuck in this loop at the moment, actually, because I, as is my way, went about cleaning up, which is something I really, really like mm-hmm. to do in video games, um, destroyed all the rocks in my mm-hmm. in my farm, cut up all the grass, and then my inventory was full. And I can't figure out how to put stuff down. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I went to try and buy a backpack to extend my inventory, but I haven't got enough money. So I went to the crafting menu and thought I must be able to build a box or something. And there's a chest that you can build. So I clicked on it, built it, had it on the cursor, but I couldn't, my inventory was full. So I couldn't put the chest in my inventory. So then um, put it down. Oh, and I couldn't put it down. <laughs> I couldn't quit out of the inventory to put it down anywhere. So I had to bin it. Uh, oh, which, no immediately destroyed the 50 pieces of wood that I'd used to craft it. Oh my God. Okay. I got from my farm. Um, so I don't really, I don't really know what to do. I think I'll have to, I mean, I could sell the stuff in my inventory, but I wanted to use it for crafting. So I might have to sell it and then, you know, hope that I get more or I've got some mixed seeds that I might plant uh, and just see what grows. And then that will leave a gap that I can make a chest. And then hopefully this problem won't ever happen again. (laughs) Um, yeah that's basically all that i've done so far i know that there's um there's like a a day and night cycle there's an energy meter so you get tired if you chop up too many rocks um there's like shops that are open on particular days and at particular times there's a calendar in the town and everyone has their birthdays on it (laughs) there's like oh that's amazing (laughs) 28 people living in this town so (laughs) you have to you have to meet everybody Um, good lord yeah, and then you can celebrate their birthdays. And um, it's also, it's supposedly it's an RPG. Um, I've leveled up so far my mining skill. I'm now mm. like level oh. one at mining because I've chopped up so many rocks. Nice. Um, but uh, uh, beyond that, I don't really know um, mm. what you do apart from like fishing. And it's there's kind of Animal Crossing type stuff in there as well. There's like a museum. You go mm. in and the guy goes, I'm sorry, the last curator ran off with all of the objects. So oh my God. there's nothing to show. But if you find anything, let us know. Which I thought was a neat narrative explanation. <laughs> museum is empty. If this was an Ubisoft game, he'd have left them in a neat trail across the rooftops. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> indeed. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cute. And I really, really just like walking around my farm chopping up rocks um it's it's very um kind of meditative it's a good thing to play when you're thinking about other things and it's out on february 26th which is soon oh that is soon yeah and probably will probably be out by the time i publish this podcast to be honest <laughs> <laughs> okay then presumably yeah. everyone who's listening will have already played it <laughs> i was gonna say i've never actually played a harvest mood game uh mood. i said harvest mood for some reason um, Harvest Moon game. Um, my impression is basically kind of like Animal Crossing, but with more farming. Is that right? Yeah. Um, you, it's a bit more extensive. Like, um, you can, you can like go into caves and look for treasure and you can, yeah, you can grow vegetables and they, the vegetables you can grow depend on the time of the year. And you can also, in Harvest Moon, you can keep animals and like breed them and stuff. Mm. I don't know if you can do that in, 
um stardew valley yet but i i mean there's a ranch so i assume you probably can um the only thing i remember from playing harvest moon obsessively when i was about 16 was that you could um make mayonnaise <laughs> so you, <laughs> you had chickens you got eggs you made mayonnaise that's all i remember oh and also you you know you picked someone to to marry and then you mm. had a baby as is the natural way as is the way yeah <laughs> which would probably be weirder in animal crossing um <laughs> yeah good point yeah all of the people in stardew valley are in fact human beings <laughs> i've already got my eyes on a on a nice long-haired uh blonde man <laughs> called Elliot. saw him at the beach i think he lives oh. on the beach in fact which is a plus oh nice yeah a surfer so yeah that's uh i don't know if that's your kind of game both of you either of you but it's very much mine i don't know actually because uh, i've not played a harvest moon before i I played the uh, original DS um, Animal Crossing for a while, um, mostly because a bunch of my friends at university were playing it at the same time, so it had that kind of social element to it. I don't know if there's any of that in Stardew Valley, um, where you know, was it um, where like one person's town will grow lemons and another's will grow oranges and such like, and you have to trade them back and forth. Yeah, I don't think this has anything like that. I'm not sure. Um... No, there's nothing on the features list that says anything about that. It says um, there seems to be like a branching plot. Um, mm. So it says help restore Stardew Valley to its former glory or join Ooh. forces with Joja Corporation, which is the obvious kind of um, <laughs> oh, dichotomy between yeah, <laughs> like lovely rural living and evil capitalist <laughs> progression. <laughs> I'm almost uh, tempted to play this now just to like go the other way and to completely <laughs> industrialize my farm. <laughs> After what you just said about not being able to play as farm guys, <laughs> clearly industrialization is bad in this game. Have you read? Um, Holly Nielsen wrote something for the guy recently about um pastoral games and how mm. they try and evoke this feeling of like going back to the lovely past where we all yeah. grew our own vegetables and had a lovely time mm. not entirely accurately <laughs> no yeah it's, it's and yeah it's well i mean um it's not just games it's a whole like genre of fiction doing yeah that. absolutely but it, like i don't get like things are better now generally speaking yeah. like i think uh, I feel like Tolkien started the Kickstarter a bunch of all that because it's really about how things were better in the old days and how, especially at the end of Lord of the Rings, how industrialization is terrible. Um, and given that he, uh, he, uh, he wrote that whilst he was living around near my hometown, Birmingham, which is which was heavily industrialized mm. at the time, I take that as kind of a slight. <laughs> <laughs> Gutted. Yeah, but like, I, like, I, Birmingham, but... I, I don't get it because we have like we have air conditioning now. <laughs> And fridges. Yeah, I've been outdoors. It's, it's, it's awful. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to have to grow my own vegetables. I did. Speaking of Lord of the Rings, I did see this brilliant. I like wanting to go back to the, the past and how things were better. Like someone in a like it was a tweet or something, but someone screen capped a comment on a on a um, on a YouTube video that was like, um, "I watched Lord of the Rings the other day." Um, we should like I can't wait to go back to those days. Britain's not what it was and stuff. It's like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, the good old days of hobbits and elves. Yeah, yeah. And the person who tweeted it was like, if you want a Nazgul for your neighbour, vote uh, Liberal (laughs) Labour. That's so funny. I mean, obviously, Alice, you and I have got reasons for not wanting to go back in time. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I always get a bit like, hmm, when men start talking about the good old days. Like, oh, I'd love to live in the 50s. Like, well, I bloody wouldn't. (laughs) I mean, it was legal to rape your wife and everything she owned belonged to you. Like. Yeah, bring on the future. Yeah. 
is funny. <laughs> um, speaking of the future, we should probably wrap this up. We mm-hmm. we only had one question from Twitter because I'm terrible and I never remember to tweet. I've I've added it to my weekly project, so hopefully <laughs> next week I'll remember. Um, but that question was, uh, if it's not a games podcast, what is it? Which is a willful misunderstanding of the title of our podcast. <laughs> but that's fine. It's um, kind of worth restating it, I guess, because. Um... We haven't for a while. Um, but the original name that we came up with mid to the first podcast, I think, we hadn't decided when we started recording. Uh, the original point of it was it was back when people were talking about things being not games, um, Gone Home and Proteus and stuff like that. This is before that. This is when that word, that kind of, those kind of people were gently mocked rather than hated and feared. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. The good old days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the good old days. <laughs> if only we could go back. <laughs> Way back to 2013. Um, yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's, that's it, basically. Is that, um, it's about, I think I, I think we still describe it in the tagline as about games and not games. So it includes a very broad definition of the word game. Um, and yeah, also we've spoken about like non-video games a lot, like board games, mm. RPGs. Um, I talked about being in an escape room once, um, stuff like that. Oh, I did a room escape game there. recently, mm. and I, I did it for a first date. Um, <laughs> and I wrote about it for The Guardian, because the best way to date is to maximise productivity and get work done at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh so and that should be that's going live tomorrow as we record this so it should already be live by the time this podcast goes up which means tom can add it to the show notes and i will get more more reads how did it go i i mean i guess i mean the room escape rather than (laughs) i was gonna say if this podcast is anything other than a games podcast it is a relationships and romance and sex (laughs) podcast um oh god i dread to go back and listen to some of the stuff i've said in previous episodes (laughs) like just tracking my feelings on relationships throughout time um but yeah no it went it went it went well um the the guy i took really enjoyed it as you will find out when you read the article um the game was amazing it was minx um minkette's game oubliette yeah oubliette have you played it alice i have not but um totally should yeah yeah because why just um... take video gamer boys yeah, I would like. I would love to. I would, like. I've been trying to convince him to do more stupid stuff. So I want to like film us going larping and film us going like yeah, doing escape the room games. Because my friend Dean uh, is one of the guys working on the Crystal Maze, um, mm. but uh, they have very strict uh, licensing uh, rules about what can and cannot be filmed, and basically nothing can be filmed of the Crystal oh, Maze. Dude. Um, but he did, uh, he did, um, an Escape the Room game that's still going, actually. I think they're still developing, which is called Time Run, which is really fun. Um, I, like, they're getting more prevalent as well. I think people are going back into sort of. Oh, yeah. No, there are 2,800 yeah. registered Room Escape games, permanent Room Escape games in the world. I didn't know there yeah. was a re- registry for them. Although that does make sense. If you're going to lock people in a room, there should probably be some kind of oversight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, only half of them actually lock you in the room. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, like, yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, there's all, there's loads of stuff they have to take into account, like, because like they're doing the um for the Crystal May stuff, they just had like all the sand delivered, and Dean was like, "Oh, it's great, <laughs> but it, it gets everywhere, just it's tracked into every room." And he was like, "We can't do the uh, ocean zone because Legionnaires' disease." <laughs> oh yikes! Yeah. I mean, the logistics of it are really interesting. I find, especially because like. You've got to be attracting new customers all the time because 
you know, people are only going to be able to play each room once. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, Mink said they'll probably keep this one for, I think, roughly like a year or two and then move it somewhere else and open a new one in London. Ah, that's good. So idea. that's a way to keep it going. You know, as you as you make yeah. more, you move the old ones to a different city. Um, she said probably Nottingham. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. A good place for it. Um, but yeah, it's really, really fun. And it's it's kind of dystopian based. So anyone who likes 1984 uh, would definitely like it. If you've played Black Bar, the iOS game, you would like it. Mm-hmm. Um, very much that kind of stuff. I liked it because the puzzles revolved around the, st- the theme and there was a story, you know, with like a start, middle and end kind of, oh, that's kind cool. of thing. That's cool. Um, yeah, a lot of them are just pure puzzling. So. Yeah, which is not as good. Um, but no, it was awesome. And we escaped with, I think, like nine minutes to spare, which is... Oh, nice. Good. That's good, yeah. yeah. Uh, is we... that like a leaderboard or something that you're on there? <laughs> <laughs> I think the um, the best team escaped with like 15 minutes left, wow. which is wow. ridiculous. Mm. Is it an hour long? Yeah, it's an hour. Yeah. Uh, most of them are. Uh, Mink mm. said it was something to do with the, the... It's like the psychological limit. Um, mm. And also you have to be moving around constantly. You can't mm. sit down and... Um, yeah, and it's like it's the kind of thing you're risking your time really because you don't know how good it's going to be. You don't mm. know how much you're going to enjoy it. So an hour is about mm. the maximum that people will commit to doing something they don't yeah. know what it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and obviously uh, my... you can't spoil it, so you can't Sorry. tell people you're going to like it. Yeah. X Y Z. My brother's housemate went on recently. That oh, I can't remember the name of. So maybe I'll look it up and send it to you so you can put it in the notes. But it's like every room you go into is is like a completely different situation. So you'll walk into a room and like there'll be people waiting like for you to give a lecture, and you have to give a lecture on like whatever's written on this the whiteboard that they've got in the room. Or like you walk into a room and suddenly you're like uh, a refugee refugee being chased. Uh, up to like a fence or like and then you walk into another room and you get bundled into a van and stuff and like just like for like wow. I, think, I think it's about an hour mm. like you're just doing different things over and over again mm. so you're always moving and always like like every few minutes you're like ah and i have to do something else is that like a live action theater type thing yeah yeah and they're like you do it with a bunch of different people who are all sort of doing it at the same time but you're all i think going on slightly different routes through it and stuff oh wow yeah that sounds pretty cool yeah, I'll look it up. Awesome. And, yeah, cool. figure out what it's called. Cool. Um, well, we should probably say goodbye. We're coming up to an hour-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, does anyone have anything they want to that share that they've been doing recently work-wise? Mm-hmm. Go on, Alice. What have Plug I been doing recently? Uh, follow at VG Tomo. <laughs> he's always keen for that to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah he started like a campaign my editor Tom Ori started a campaign to get more people to follow him on Twitter because I've been working there like less like, like three months now and I already have nearly as many as him I mean you um, are much better than he is though yes <laughs> that's true that is true what we would I don't know if we're allowed to um share what we've been doing at work before it comes out we've got a lot of really cool stuff like cool videos coming out for the Miller Report there's one out now it's really good um, so yeah, just check out Video Gamer, I guess. Oh. What's your Twitter? Oh, I'm at Baby Got Bell. Yeah. Good name. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, what about you? Um, I don't have that much coming out in the next week. Although, I th- by the time this comes out, I think it will be about a week away from my birthday, which is on the sixth of March. Oh, happy Fantastic. birthday for then. Happy birthday. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> You're gonna drag it out this... for a month, like I did. Oh, <laughs> I, I'll be thirty, so I really won't want to drag it out very long. Oh, that's very exciting. Uh, 
um, which I may might be at the PC Gaming Weekend before. I haven't decided if I'm going to go down for it yet, since the since like about half my friends are going to it. <laughs> oh, that well. sounds like a good way to spend your birthday. <laughs> mm. Play X-Wing with some strangers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I... Oh, Tom, what's your Twitter? Oh, yes, uh, and you can find me at, at Lloyd Mercenary. And I am at Jawsew, J-A-W-S-E-W. And if you want to check out my work, probably the best thing to do is just go to my Guardian profile because I've been ridiculously <laughs> busy with Guardian stuff for the past, uh, well, since 2016 began, really. The recording of the events that Alice came to uh, should be going live on the website at some point. And when it does, I will go on and on and on about it. So if you follow me on Twitter, you will be able to listen to that, hopefully yes. in podcast form. It was very good. You were a very good host. Thank you. And uh, congratulations should be due to George Buckingham as well because uh, his game yeah. was funded successfully on Kickstarter. Fabulous deeds. I think there's still time on the campaign of people. I think so, yeah. By the time this goes live, though. So <laughs> sorry, listeners, you missed out. <laughs> Um, but we will tell you all about Fabulous Beasts when it when it's available to us because I'm definitely getting it. It's super. <laughs> cool. um, and with that plug of of something none of us were involved with, um, <laughs> it's probably time to end the podcast. Thank mm-hmm. you, everybody, for listening to us. Thank you, Alice, for coming on and for coming to the Guardian event. You've been awesome. Thank you for having me on both counts. You're totally welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.